The question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. You are on a Tuesday drive. And the first college football playoff rankings going to be released tonight. When that happens, and you see Joey Galloway, Kirk Herbstreet, Reese Davis, among others, on your TV screen tonight, I've got a sneaky suspicion you're going to hear a lot of spin about Wake Forest from people over the next 24 hours who largely haven't watched a lot of Wake Forest football. You'll hear, they don't play anybody. Look at all the points their defense allowed against Army. They're essentially a mid-major. Look at the enrollment there. These are things I'm sure that are going to be said as justification to keep a team like Wake Forest out of the club. So before any of the rankings drop, I wanted to address that because I guarantee you it's coming. Here's how I feel. If unbeaten Wake Forest can't make the playoff, the system is completely broken and needs to be changed immediately. I felt it was wrong when UCF got left out after going unbeaten for two straight seasons. And what we were told when that happened, oh, they're in a group of five. They're a group of five school. Rules are different for the G5 than the Power Five. I hope many of the same people that made that argument remembers that when talking about Wake Forest later tonight and for the rest of the season. This would be a lot worse because the ACC is not only a Power 5 conference, it's proven to be one of the better Power 5 conferences historically. This year, they might be having a bit of a down year. Only Wake Forest ranked in the AP poll, for example. But let's not forget, there's a difference between the ACC and the Pac-12. The Pac-12 hasn't sent a team to the playoff in five years. Washington was that team in 2016. The ACC has sent a team every single season since the playoffs started in 2014. The only conference that's able to say that is the SEC. Last season, the ACC sent two teams to the playoff. The only other conference that could say they've sent two teams to the playoff in any year? The Southeastern Conference. So spare me when I hear folks say, well, the league is down, it's... Not a great schedule that Wake Forest is playing. Look at the strength of schedule, 54th. It's not that strong when you put it side-by-side with many of these other teams. It was wrong when they left out UCF, but the reasoning was they were not in a Power 5. Wake Forest is in a Power 5, so if they run the table in a Power 5 conference, they should not be left out. Plain and simple. Do not forget that. Even if they underseed Wake Forest later on tonight, like I fear they would. Think about it this way. Why do we even have a college football playoff? The playoff existed out of fear that there would be three unbeaten teams, three deserving teams that on the field had legitimate arguments that they should play in the national title game. That was the fear. And the nightmare scenarios that were presented when the playoff was first created with four, what would happen if all five Power Five conferences produced unbeaten teams? What would happen in that spot? That doomsday scenario has never come close to happening. And now we're going to dignify in any type of way the idea of an unbeaten Power Five champion being left out? If that were to happen, hypothetically, if that were to happen, what's the point of even playing a college football season? Why not just have the annual Alabama-Ohio State-Oklahoma Classic? And we could just call it that. Because merit should matter more than brand. I'll say that again. Merit should matter more than brand. Time and time again, it doesn't, though, in this process. Last year, remember when the shoe game happened and LSU knocked off Florida because a Florida player threw a shoe 
LSU got in the field goal range to beat them. That was the second loss Florida had that year. They were close. I think they were in playoff position. And then they only dropped like a couple of spots in the ranking. Cincinnati was unbeaten and still ranked behind a two-loss Florida. And the reasoning from the committee chair, among other things, for keeping Florida ahead of Cincinnati was recruiting rankings. Recruiting rankings. Oh, yeah, we looked at a lot of things. Recruiting rankings. Something that factored into that. This or this Oregon-Ohio State discussion is kind of crazy to me, Robert. Later tonight, many experts expect that Ohio State is going to be ranked in front of Oregon. Even though both have one loss, and Ohio State's loss was it home to Oregon. <laughs> Merit has to matter for something. Well, Ohio State's a lot better now than they were a month ago. Stop! We saw it. They played each other on a football field. We saw it. Head-to-head, but the eye test, but recruiting rankings. These are things that are going to be used as knocks against Wake Forest. I guarantee it, because they always seem to find ways to help the brand teams, whether it be recruiting rankings or eye tests, or every single time they lose, they don't drop them far enough that they're out of the mix altogether. Alabama, think about it. We're just accepting the fact that Alabama's likely going to be a top-four team later on tonight, even though I keep hearing about Wake Forest's schedule. The only Power 5 opponent that Alabama played this year was Miami. And Miami isn't a great football team. They're having an underwhelming season. No one's talking about Alabama's schedule, and they lost to a team at the time that was unranked. No one's going to talk about the Tides record. They lose that game. Doesn't matter. They could still be a top-four team. They get those benefits of the doubt. Wake doesn't, because Wake isn't a brand name. Merits should not be minimized. We don't do this in any other sport. Imagine if we did. Like, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Imagine if they selected in the playoff for four teams based on things that were not merit-related. And they were like, well, I know the Carolina Hurricanes had a better record, but eyeballs, the Boston Bruins probably going to bring more of that. And you look at past track record, we probably put the Bruins in. That just sounds so stupid. When you think of it in that terms, we don't do that with any other sport. And I'm going to hear about the schedule, even though Wake Forest scheduled two legitimate out-of-conference tests. Not many Power Fives go on the road to Army. Wake Forest did. And Wake Forest scheduled an out-of-conference game against North Carolina, who entered the year in the AP poll at number 10. So I don't want to hear anything about schedule. I don't want to hear anything about... Recruiting rankings, eye test, all of that garbage. Plain and simple. Full stop. If unbeaten Wake Forest can't make the playoff, this system is completely broken and it needs to go. On Twitter at WSJS Sports, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. After yesterday's travel day, the World Series resumes tonight in Houston, and it seems pretty clear to me the Astros feel confident that this series is going seven, mostly because of this decision that Dusty Baker made. He's going to be starting 24-year-old Luis Garcia tonight on four days rest. It's a gamble. If he truly was desperate and was going to go all in on tonight, I think he'd start Jose Urquidy, who was tremendous in game two. I get he threw one inning of relief the other night, 14 pitches he threw, but today was supposed to be his throw day. They could put him out there if they needed him to. He is, by pretty much every measure, a better starting pitcher than Luis Garcia is. But Dusty Baker feels so confident. Hey, with the series going back to Houston tonight, we're going to have Game 7 and we could start your quitty, and he could give us maybe five or six innings in that game. Dusty is also making his entire bullpen available tonight if things should go south with Garcia. He reeled off all the names of the relievers that would be available. It's essentially everyone short of Kendall Gra uh, Graveman, who, you know, I think 
threw 37 pitches a couple nights ago. That's the only guy that Dusty didn't mention. So you have this young pitcher that in Game 3 started and threw three and two-thirds innings. Pretty good, too. One earned run, six strikeouts, three hits allowed in the ballgame. That was a game that uh, Atlanta won 2 to nothing. their first home game of this series. Dusty seems confident. They're facing Max Freed tonight. That's the same Max Freed that in Game 2 got shellacked. Seven hits, six earned runs in five innings. I think Dusty has good reason to be confident, too, because I like Houston to win tonight. Kind of like with Wake, I hope they don't get screwed by the college football playoff committee. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Atlanta wins its first title since 1999 because I know so many in our audience are Atlanta Braves fans watching tonight. But I felt they missed a huge opportunity two nights ago to close things out, especially with that first inning Grand Slam. I think it's going to come back to bite them. I think, in part, Game 6 was lost in Game 5 when Atlanta blew that game. Houston's going to win tonight at home. Dusty seems confident about it. That's why he's putting some plan, some preparation on Game 7 in Houston tomorrow night. And I picked Houston to win this series in 7 at the beginning of the series. I'm sticking with that pick. Hayes Permar going to be in studio with us in a little over 15 minutes, turning the page to Patriots-Panthers next weekend. There are a few spicy headlines surrounding this game, and we'll get into those next on The Drive. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah, I get it. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Hayes Permar, Sports Channel 8, will join us in a second to play skips or plays with Hayes. I'm looking at my watch right now. 331 Eastern, which means NFL teams have less than 30 minutes remaining to complete a trade if they need to. Been a pretty slow trade deadline. Obviously, Deshaun Watson didn't get traded, or else I'd imagine we'd be spending a lot of time on that story today. Robert, I see Melvin Ingram traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for a six-round draft pick. That's the only thing I've seen thus far today. That's noteworthy at all. Is there anything else I've missed? Uh, the 49ers traded for a young pass rusher. It's not really of note, but uh, I think the biggest thing of note was Mel- Melvin Ingram's tenure in Pittsburgh uh, isn't looked on so fondly. Uh, Today, Mike Tomlin said it's better to have volunteers than hostages. And it just makes me wonder, like, what's going on in Pittsburgh that was Melvin just not getting the playing time he wanted? If you look at his snap percentages, it went down every week. Because he was really good in L.A. He he was really good. Uh, The thing that was wrong with him, I mean, the injury last year, but he's he's three seasons removed from a double-digit sack where he was, like, third place in sacks in the league. So he's somebody that could definitely help the Kansas City Chiefs. They were a suitor for him in the offseason. He just ended up choosing Pittsburgh. Uh, So maybe he uh, finds his feet there. Kansas City last night getting the win against the New York Giants. Very tight, very low scoring, but won the game nonetheless, avoiding disaster. Maybe we could get to a bit of that Manning cast in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so, because Hayes Permar just walked in. I don't imagine you want to talk much about the Kansas City Chiefs adding another pass rusher in Melvin Ingram or to talk about the game last night? No, nah, not necessarily. It, it is a reminder in sports. I mean, like, was it last year? It was like, well, I mean, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl every year for the next decade. You know, you know, things sometimes aren't as dominant teams. It, it, oh, Kevin Durant's going to win the next 10 titles. Yeah, it, it's hard to be. Golden State. It's hard to be great for a long, sustained period of time, and you appreciate when you see franchises that do it because by all means the Chiefs seemed like a team that were set up to be in the Super Bowl every year for a decade and maybe win six or seven of them and now it's like eh, well, maybe not you had actual players who were talking about it Chris Jones and Tyree Kill saying yeah I think seven sounds about right I think that's what we're looking at I don't think that really ages so well but we'll see if that's the case by the time we get to February since we got you here let's play Skips or plays with Hayes. Let's do it. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things. 
but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. Feels like 06, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hayes. Canes are 8-0-0. Heard a cut from the Canes song in there. A Zion reference. College basketball season a week away from Duke facing Kentucky and North Carolina facing Loyola, Maryland. We may have another uh, Canes song on the way. Whoa! We, we got a hot goaltender. We got a hot goaltender. Oh. And uh, that might just make for song material. Ooh, we'll see. Buddy! We'll see. That might be maybe a I, little maybe bit I, of news. Maybe I'll debut it here if I can get it done. The problem is, honestly, you want too much slice of my life. I love that. I'm having the upstairs of my house, the floors redone, going from carpet to hardwood floors. Uh, shout out to Sedaris Flooring. Do you know David Sedaris or Amy Sedaris? Yeah. So oh, they grew up. Son Jason. They grew up in. They grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and their other brother uh, still runs the family flooring business. So he and his people have been in my house. And they're doing a great job, but they're really loud, and it's just banging all day. So it's been kind of hard to record a song, but I'm going to try and get it done when they're done. If you need our studios, just let us know. We can maybe figure that one out for you. See if we can maybe debut that in a a week or two. All right. All right. Robert, what do we got? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing skips or plays. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Hayes was trying to break some oh, my news. Bad. My our, bad. I'm, not, I'm just messing with you guys. It's a news show. Uh, so today is National Broadcast Traffic Professional Day. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't yeah. find uh, anything to go along with that. So I remember you what? guys. Crosstown Traffic by Jimi Hendrix? Yeah. Well, that's one. Cross that's one, traffic. Hayes. What other traffic what, songs? It, what, songs a, that you appreciate hearing when you're stuck in traffic? Maybe uh, we could have went that way. I mean, I'm saying you could do the car wash or just in, in there a band <laughs> traffic that was like pretty good and they have some jams. Yeah, I should just we get you to do this every We could have pulled this together. No, no, no. Which I'm sure you got something much better. <laughs> well, I remember you guys were huge fans of like National Connecticut Day oh, or whatever I did. So I picked, uh, today is National Ohio Day. Oh, God. And even though I think Ohio is the belly button of the United States, uh, I was shocked to find out how many talented musicians came from there. Yeah. So we can learn a little bit together, and we're going to start with uh, Tracy Chapman's uh, Give Me One Reason to Stay Here. Huge play. I, I respect Robert for choosing this Tracy Chapman song. Huge play. What you Huge think play. Fast cars. Or I something? mean, I like. I yeah. didn't. That's the cliche choice. I think this this might be the number one Tracy Chapman song. Just I agree with that. Strip down. The voice, little guitar. Absolute play. Hayes doesn't even but want to every, talk about. It. He's like I love every it. time. I love it is. It. No, it's just an amazing song. Um, and then it kicks up a little bit. But it's basically just featuring Tracy Chapman's voice. And that's good stuff. That's a play. Absolute banger. I'll keep the banger on there. I was very... Hey, Spermar. I was surprised when I heard a lot of these musicians were from Ohio. I'm like, Tracy Chapman from Ohio. Like, I never would have picked that out. Kind of like I never would have uh, thought about Marilyn Manson as a guy from Ohio. But you've got a little sweet dreams here. Maybe you can hear the Ohio tinges in it. Oh, yeah, this makes me want to go to Ohio. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's go Bengals. Let's go Browns. Did you, ever look up, did you ever look up what town Marilyn Manson's from? No, I, I did not. Canton. He's not from Pennsylvania, so it wouldn't be intercourse, so I wouldn't care. He's from Canton, where the Hall of Fame's at. Good for him. All right, first of all, this song is an amazing song. The original's it, better. Uh, 100%. But it's... Uh, it's right for a good cover. This just isn't it. But even like I, this isn't my cup of tea. But it's but it, the song is so good that even a bad cover it to me is like pretty good. But you know what this song makes me think of? Two things. One, Marilyn Manson's North Carolina connection, where at one point he was was he engaged to uh, Evan Rachel Wood? Or were they married? Or were they just? I have to double Living check. Together. I knew I don't they were know. together for They were a, a thing while. at one point, and she's from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And then secondly, there's a Dawson's Creek Halloween episode. It's it's in the later years. They're in college because <laughs> somebody's running the the, uh, the the college student radio station. I think Jen, maybe from Dawson's Creek, is working there. And, like, 
in the climactic creepy scene where the person at the radio station thinks somebody's like creeping around, this is the song that's like playing. So, oh, um, great so effect song. I but, like uh, but, uh, but with all that being said, I got to give it a skip. Ah, sorry, Marilyn Manson. Hated it. it Rachel Wood and Marilyn Manson dated on and off in the mid 2000s. They got engaged, and then he announced in a show in 2010 that they had broken the engagement off. There's some. Uh, there were some other rumors about that that maybe I'll share off air. You and uh, you and my dad both dislike Marilyn Manson. Manson. I just. What's just... he so sad about? What's he so <laughs> mad for? That's your dad. No, it... no. I, I don't even think my dad could pick Marilyn Manson <laughs> in a lineup. He'd be like, "That's the girl uh, with the skirt." Your mom, that on the other up, hand, right? probably could. I think your mom could pick out Marilyn Manson. You don't get to make mom jokes. You know that, right? Like, only <laughs> I get to make those jokes, like the the non-factual things I share about her kissing random athletes and celebrities. Like, how would it be if I was just like, yeah, your mom's out here kissing everybody? Well, you're you're okay pubbing a, a parody Twitter account that's named after my mom. Sure. Wait, that's not your actual mom? That's not my mom. For, oh, for thought, our purposes, it is. I thought for sure that was your mom, and that's just how she just was choosing to identify on Twitter. Not true. Was was Josh Grant. So I, I haven't even paid attention to her. I, I think I saw, like, is it is it mocking you as a fake account? He pretty much. It's pretty yeah. great, though. I mean, he has great responses. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I, if, if it, I mean, if you, you if you're getting parodied, you know you like it, right? If you're yeah, big enough to be yeah. parodied. So what I'm saying is, shout out to Robert Walsh's mom All right. when we, when we was, say things like that. that What's was the a, next That was here? a skip for the record. Oh, yeah. We'll do another skip for him. Hey, All right. Last one for you. Uh, I could. There was a lot of ways I could have went here, and honestly, I probably wouldn't have went the Ohio players if there wasn't another. This song wasn't available. Uh, but Josh and I used to get off work on Thursdays at a certain time, and there oh, would be yeah, I know where we're headed. a uh, stock show where he would go through and talk about stocks and what you need to be buying, <laughs> and I would blast this yeah. on maximum volume in the hallway. You got Graham legit laughing. This is not a fake radio laugh. No, it's not. This so, is a legit laugh here. It's so funny. Robert for, just, just like blare, he turns up the speakers because no one else is in the building. As loud as it gets. And then I'm just because this is the intro song singing for this show. words that aren't there. It's the right. OJs and for the love of money. If this I expect you to sing you along going, with this, Robert. The oh, intro. damn. Oh, damn. Absolute play. How do you even like write this song, right? Like, how, how do you have the creative idea to be like, this is gonna be the song? It's like this five song. minutes long, too, of them like not even talking, not like they're not singing, they're just complaining about what money does to people. Um, and it's such a banger. Genius of a song. Genius of a song. <laughs> I want to see you guys do karaoke to this without ever actually singing the words. That's great. Just, Anyway, it's like that panda song from a few years ago where people just make up the lyrics. Yeah, designer panda. I like to wear pajamas. Panda, panda, panda. As long as you get the the one word, you got to get right in the song is money. That's there you as go. long as you get that lyric right, you can make up the rest. That sounds like a play to me. That's a hundred percent play. Hayes Permar, and that's Ben skips her plays with Hayes today. I'm preparing for Wake Forest to get screwed with the first college football playoff ranking tonight. And I'll tell you why that's the case when we discuss it next. Dude, you are so money, but you don't even know it. But you do. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Hey, Spermar hanging out with us in studio. And the first college football playoff ranking is coming our way in less than four hours. And I'm preparing myself for Wake Forest to get screwed tonight. I put up a poll earlier today, and I ticked off some Wake Forest Twitter accounts simply by the options I provided on the poll, where the top option was 8 or higher, the second option was 9 or 10, Third option, 11 or 12. The fourth one, 13 or lower. Someone said, like, come on, the best case scenario is we're 7th or 6th, and there's no way we could be 13th or lower. What are you doing here? 
but sharing the results with you, I think about 400 people have voted on it right now. You can still vote on it at Josh Graham Radio. Uh, 45% say it's going to be 9 or 10. 36% say it's going to be 8 or higher, which means if you add that together, 81% believe that they're at least going to be in the top 10. And do and I, understand I don't have you that don't, belief. You I, I, don't I think, think so? they're going to be 11th or 12th. Now, I think I, I don't think they should. I think it would be criminal if they do. But this playoff committee, what they did to UCF, what they did to BYU and Coastal last year, what they're going to try to do with Wake Forest, you're going to hear all the stops, all the things they do to defend the brands. You're going to hear from non-conference schedule, even though Wake Forest is scheduling two pretty decent road games out of conference. Look at Alabama's non-conference schedule and talk to me about that. You're going to hear about eye test, recruiting rankings as they infamously did when they ranked a two-loss Florida team over Cincinnati last year. <laughs> they brought up recruiting rankings? They, did. they brought up <laughs> recruiting rankings. They're going to figure out some way to do it, and right. I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to put Bama, Ohio State, Oregon for sure ahead of them as one-loss teams. Notre Dame, Baylor, and Oklahoma State and Michigan, I think, as well. And then you have the unbeaten teams, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, yep. Georgia, that are going to be in front of you as well, and Michigan State. I think they're going to put Wake Forest at 11. I don't think they should. I think it would be wrong, but they always find a way to discredit the non-name brand. All right, here's here's a couple things. Uh, what, what we release now, these rankings, they have more importance than the polls, right? Because it's from the people who actually matter. That's right. However, there are a lot to me like NFL mock drafts, right? Where people are like, their stock is rising, their stock is falling, this guy's falling down the board, this guy's moving up. Like, you know, Wake Forest is going to be 11 right now. And I know this is like simplifying it, but like, they're not screwed if they're listed as 11th right now. They're only screwed at the end, right? The only thing that matters at the end. Because I could see them putting them l later in the rankings now. Now, I'm not like you. I'm not advanced deep into this where I could tell you the 10 teams that should or shouldn't be ahead of them. But, like, right now, they're like Cincinnati probably has a better case than Wake Forest right now. I'm okay with them being behind them. I don't, again, I can't go line by line, and I don't know everybody's schedule. Sure, that. but they are unbeaten, and, but, they be and they have a better win than Wake Forest does against and, Notre Dame. And that's the biggest thing is there's a reason this thing's called the Power Five. I assume you've seen the movie Goodfellas, right? Oh, yeah. You know who Wake Forest is? And I don't mean this because Wake Forest is going to get slaughtered or anything. But Wake Forest is like bats in oh, Goodfellas, right? I thought right? you were going to say no. Danny DeVito, where at the very end, they no. get shot in the head. No, you mean... Uh, when he's supposed to be a made not man. Danny, not Danny, not Danny DeVito. DeVito. Joe, uh, Pesci. Joe Pesci. Sorry, yes. other small no, guy who yells a lot. He's, he's bats because... And, and I'm not saying this against Wake Forest. I got nothing against Wake or Wake Forest alum. I mean, some of them are kind of dorky. Shout out my man Coleman team, building things there in Winston-Salem. But I have nothing against Wake, but I'm saying the committee and obviously the TV executives don't want to see Wake Forest. I know people will be like, what are you talking about? Like a plucky story? Like, no. They want to see the biggest alumni bases with the most fervent TV watchers, and that's not Wake Forest. So Bats, like, nobody liked him, but here's the thing. Wake Forest is a made guy. They are in the ACC. If they finish unbeaten and conference champion, you are not leaving them out. And so starting them at 11 does not matter. You will find a way to get undefeated conference champions in. That's just the deal. That's like the pact that was made. for the, That's the whole reason why the Power Five constructed this thing. And, and I hope, I hope Cincinnati's undefeated at the end and so I could be proven right on this. That absolutely, Wake Forest, it, it doesn't matter. You At this point, how many undefeated teams are left? Name them for them. Michigan State? You got, I think, six across college football. Uh, how many in Power Fives? Uh, it is Alabama. No, they're not unbeaten. Or not Alabama. Georgia. Georgia. You got Michigan State, Oklahoma. Wake. Wake Forest. Okay, if those four win out, that'll be it. Because you, you're not leaving out an undefeated conference champion. I'm telling you, they are a made dude. They're not going to be left out. Now, they lose one game, 
Doesn't matter what what one game. I think I saw Nicole Hour back in the athletic. You know, even hypothesizing could a one no loss weight team in. No Absolutely chance. not. Doesn't no matter chance. which game. Doesn't matter when. A one loss. Any ACC team at this point, the only ACC team that has a chance to make the college football playoff is Wake at an undefeated Wake. But if they do, they'll be in, and it doesn't matter where they start. I disagree. All right. I think that they're going to find a way to discredit them because continuing down your analogy of bats, he was a made man. Until he got killed by Joe Pesci. Yeah, but that wasn't blessed by wasn't, Joe Pesci's. I know. So what you're saying is you're a made man until you're not. No, 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 <laughs> no. And Wake Morris is going to get killed in the bar no. and stopped out because they looked at Pesci the wrong way. No, Pesci's just like, a, I, I don't know how to like counter that analogy, but Pesci's not one of the dudes who decides people get killed or don't get killed, right? I mean, maybe that's okay. Maybe there will be somebody on the committee who says, y'all, we can't let Wake Forest in, and I'll be the person who goes public and says, I, we can't get Wake You can kick me off the committee. You can. I'll, I'll take a bullet to keep Wake Forest out. Maybe there'd be somebody that would do that. But I'm telling you, this is this is just the 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 sleaze of college football and the, and we've kind of seen this with other teams. It's like this thing was not constructed to include another team in the college football. This was to try and throw the group of 5 a bone with like, "Oh yeah, one of you is always going to be in one of these major bowls that has zero chance of winning a national championship," right? Like that's a good thing. You'll be at what what bowl is it that you know one of them always Peach goes bowl, to? Fiesta bowl. You'll be at one of these, bowl. and you'll get your shot in the big dog, and you'll be able to knock them off and claim that you could have been in, but you you don't you don't get in. Now there's a chance Cincinnati could get in if everybody else wilts away, but I'm telling you, it ain't going to be over an undefeated Wake Forest. It does not matter. An undefeated conference champion goes in. That makes me feel better. All right. I hope you're right. On Twitter at WSJS Sports. 336-777-1600. What did Bat say to tick off Joe Pesci? Can we say that on the radio? Go get your shine box, right? Oh, that's right. Go get your yeah, shine wasn't box. Anything. That's one of the few lines that doesn't have to get... Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. think, you think I'm funny how? Like, funny like a clown? Uh, Robert Walsh is the producer of this show. Uh, we've got... I'm trying to figure out what characters from Goodfellas everybody on the show would be at this point. we got intern Nick, who's sitting there in the bullpen, or I should say the arm barn... Back there, I don't know who everybody would be. We'd have to think this one out during a break. I don't know if we can do this on the fly. We might have to revisit that later and, on. And it'd be more like who in the college football playoff, right, is uh, is in Goodfellas. It is a great movie, though. Between that and Casino, it's hard to tell which is the best Scorsese movie. Moving things along, I think really what we need to figure out is who is De Niro's character. Probably Alabama, if you've got to figure out who De Niro is. Uh, no, because remember, De Niro technically uh, couldn't be made. Like, he wasn't Italian in the movie. So they're Cincinnati. He's, yeah, yeah, the, yes. All those guys, <laughs> he's, yes. He's Cincinnati. Uh, that's a pretty yeah, good there's, one. There's other guys that are dorkier than, than De Niro and um, um, Ray Liotta, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, Henry Hill. There's guys that aren't as cool or aren't as, uh, you know, making as much money or whatever, but they're made dudes. They're in the pack. And that's what Wake Forest is. Is there anybody out of this group that ratted out someone else in the group that could be Ray Liotta? That's ranked that's, at the top of the college football playoffs. Henry Hill, Help us know. out. 336-777-1600. We can workshop this on Twitter at WSJS Sports. Maybe Clemson is Henry Hill because they're in witness protection right now. Yeah. A one-year hiatus. Let's get to uh, the Manning cast last night where... There were no middle fingers, no F-bombs this week. I feel like they should have to tag like a PG-13 rating to this based on the first few episodes. Still a lot of fun. John Stewart was on the show last night with the Mannings, and he made a pretty good quip about the Manning family as a whole, saying that he wanted a Manning, another Manning, playing for his team, the New York Giants. Can't you guys make another yeah, Manning? How hard is it to make another Manning? You're, you're, you've got this Bayou quarterback breeding program down there. You just keep making more Mannings. Make a couple for us. My dad's stud fee has really gone up uh, in the past 20 years. Wow. Go and get to a break. Wow, he went there. <laughs> he went from Bayou to horse country all of a sudden. Uh, they right. do have Arch Manning. I don't think John Stewart knows that there is another one on the way. Arch Manning uh, is making himself up, uh, making himself a name in the high school ranks. And where did Stewart wants it for the Giants? 
Yeah. He could end up there. They're bad enough. Uh, they could be bad for a couple of years and get a top draft pick and have it be Arch Manning. Yeah, he's still a couple of years away from college. So I think you're looking at the 2027 draft for Arch Manning. Start tanking now for Arch. Who uh, who else was on there last night? You know my take on this. I've told you this. The Manning cast is joining a host of many things that are being over-celebrated and I'm being told I have to love, and so I'm rebelling against them. I, I'm anti-Manning cast. I do not Manning cast. I like I it. I refuse to Manning cast. I like it, but I flipped the broadcast when the game was close at the end of the game. Sure. That's it, when I needed to know things. And I got a feeling if it was the Panthers playing and I needed to follow the game closely, I'm not watching the Manning Man- cast. It's like when Bill Walton's calling a game. You, Bill Walton is great as a concept on a national broadcast because most people are going to want to watch Bill Walton because most people watching probably do not have a rooting interest in the game. But when your team does, all of a sudden the people watching hate the fact that Bill Walton is not paying attention to what's happening. I'm anti-Manicat. And, and Eli's not that funny. Everybody, Actually, neither of them are as funny as everybody says they are. Peyton's Payton, not that funny, Payton's, but Eli is funny. Peyton's mildly funny. Eli's not funny. Eli's not funny. I thought this was funny. I it think was you got everybody slurping them, and I, I'm anti-Manning. Cast. This is unintentional humor for Eli last night. John Stewart. They played a clip where John sure. Cena. What's the term I'm using? I should hear suplexed him. I think that's what happened. Sure. And suplex John Stewart. Yeah, suplex John Stewart. I did not see so, John Stewart for a uh, WWE guy. So Eli clearly doesn't know anything about wrestling. He tried to make a callback to the clip they showed of Jon Stewart getting slammed when someone made a big tackle in the game. It didn't really go well. After the play, they catching the second guy, trying to do a John Cena, Cena. They say a Cena? John, John Cena taking down John Stewart. That's what it looked like. John Cena. Boo. Added a, added a, the Enye. Uh-huh. I will say I've run into that problem of, you know, I mean, talking on a microphone. There's words or names that until you go to say them, you think you're familiar with, but you're like, I've only read these. I've only said this out loud in my head. Now that it's coming out of my lips, I don't know that I actually know how to say this person's name. And that's <laughs> that's one of the moments Eli had right there. Like I've I've had that a couple times with um, you know, places or whatever. You read them and they're familiar and you're like, Oh, I know this. I'm very comfortable so, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've never actually said it out loud, nor do I know exactly how to say it. Uh, and that's what happened to Eli. Is that how Eli talks the entire time? Just like he's baked out of his mind? Yep. A little bit. That's how he talks. Yeah, I'm I'm good on that. I a feel word like that happens with introducing people and like older people to streaming and watch alongs. Like, how... oh, oh, go ahead, sorry. I mean, that's just what I feel like it is. Like they're just like, Hey, this is what your kids do. They watch other people play games and they watch games while people watch them. This is what they do. And uh, you should it watch it. It is pretty it too. cool when they break down film and they show the replays and stuff. Yeah, I could care less. I'm trying to watch the game. One of those words, by the way, I slipped up on that I pronounced one way my entire life and then had to pronounce it differently later. Two things. Marriott apparently is how the hotel, that's what the name of the hotel is. I called what? it Marriott my entire life. I think people say Marriott. They do, but it, it's Darren not? Bott is adamant that it's Marriott to the no. point where we called the hotel no. and they say Marriott. No, I'm calling it a different person. It's Marriott. That's a Marriott. Cherie Barry is her actual name. Yeah, Cherie. That's Cherie. That, one, that one's, I'm, ba- I'm mad about that one. Okay, and then uh, I've always called it Godiva chocolate. Instead of Godiva. Instead of Godiva. How, what circumstance would you be talking about the actual brand of chocolate? It just happened one time on air and immediately my Twitter I just see about 16 people saying, It's Godiva! You know who this is? You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. I can't think of a better person to talk to today than Andrea Adelson of ESPN. I guess I suppose we could talk to actual people who are on the college football playoff committee. But the reason why I really want to talk to Andrea from ESPN is because, like me, there's a soft spot in Andrea's heart for the group of fives, for the little guy in sports, and there's a soft spot in her heart covering the ACC too. So I can't think of a better person to answer this question. And thank you so much for making the time for us, as always, Andrea, than you, who do you think, who do you have an, uh, more confidence in that the committee's going to respect more at this point with an unbeaten record, Cincinnati or Wake Forest? 
Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think, and this is the operative word, think, because the committee has a mind of its own. Uh, just when we think it's going to zig, it zags. But I think it will have a little bit more respect for Cincinnati because of the non-conference schedule, specifically the win over Notre Dame. Wake Forest does not have a win as good as that one. And so that's why I think that Cincinnati will find itself ranked higher than Wake Forest going into these rankings. Now, does that mean I think Cincinnati is going to be in the top four? To me, that's the ultimate question, is whether we are going to see a group of five team in the top four. I don't know the answer to that. Nothing in the history of the committee has led me to believe that a group of five will be into the top four. So I remain skeptical, but I have an open mind about that. I'm just not sure that Wake at this point is going to be anywhere inside the top eight because of what the overall schedule looks like right now. I am fearful that they might not even be included in the top ten, and this is just me trying to prepare Wake Forest fans who I know who are listening to this who have very high expectations for the initial ranking tonight. Uh, Hayes Permar was just in there. I don't know if you've seen the movie Goodfellas, but he compared Wake Forest to the character Bats, who is a made man, and that if you are a Power 5 member, you have nothing to worry about if you run the table. I'm not so sure about it when I don't see any ACC teams ranked in the AP poll. Not that that really matters in the context of the college football playoff, but you mentioned the first thing you went to with Wake Forest was strength of schedule. So do you have any concern that if Wake Forest were to run the table that they'd get into the top four? Oh, absolutely, I have concern. Look at the schedule. The thing that saved Clemson when the ACC was down the last few years was they had a strong non-conference schedule, right? At least one, most of the time, two teams from the SEC in their non-conference schedule. Who does Wake Forest have right now non-conference? The best non-conference team would be North Carolina, which is a disappointing uh, four and four at this point. Um, so that's not going to help their strength of schedule at all. Look at who they've played to this point. It doesn't help Wake that Virginia just lost. That's the best team right now. Okay, Syracuse is sitting there at five and four. Uh, Louisville has struggled at points this year. They're not going to consider Old Dominion and Norfolk at all. Um, at Army, decent win, but I wouldn't classify that as a Strong non-conference win, uh, and the rest of the ACC being down does not help at all. And I was having this conversation with my daughter the other day when we were talking about the rankings. She's 10. She watches the games with me. She likes to make picks. She's very into it. And we were talking about Wake Forest being undefeated. And uh, why are they not in the top four? Because if Clemson was undefeated right now, they would be in the top four. So you try to explain that to a 10-year-old, right? Strength of schedule, well, you know. Clemson usually has a really good SEC team that they play. And, you know, she's just staring at me blankly. So I understand that sometimes it's hard to explain why a Clemson team sitting at 8-0 would be in the top four right now without question. But 8-0 Wake Forest, we're talking about maybe not even being in the top 10. I have faith they'll be in the top 10. I really do. Um, because they are an undefeated Power 5 team, and I think that needs to count for something. So I'm going to guess that they are going to be in the top 10, uh, especially as somebody who does rankings every week for our ESPN Power Rankings. I've got Wake Forest in the top 10. My colleagues have Wake Forest in the top 10. So I would hope the committee follows suit and doesn't just do the ranking based on what does the strength of schedule look like, but looks at the overall body of work. And I believe that makes Wake worthy of top 10. But in the committee's eyes, I don't even think they're close to the top four. Andrea Adelson's with us here from ESPN. And I, I want to go back to your daughter for a second because I think she was right to look at you with a blank stare because there's no <laughs> other sport where we do this, where we're questioning the merits itself. Where I, I, I think about it. I was having this conversation with someone at the Wake game on Saturday and... They were like, there's no way they would leave us out. And I, following college football as closely as I do, 
with the playoff committee and with you saying there are legitimate questions that the committee could poke through Wake Forest's uh, case to leave them out of the playoff, even if they're unbeaten. But my question to you is, if an unbeaten Power 5 were to get left out of this playoff system, th- then what is the point? Like, really, if you if you have all the games in front of you and you're a power school, you and I, we debated UCF for years, the fact that they were unbeaten and left off. And, and what we kept going back to was, oh, well, they're a group of five. Okay, so it's totally different. When the ACC has had a playoff team every single year since its existence and two just last season, well, I mean... The fact that they run the table, I don't really give a rip what the scores are. The merit should be there that if an unbeaten team in a power conference doesn't get in, then what is the point of running a schedule? Why not just call it the Alabama-Ohio State-Oklahoma Invitational every year? Why not just do that? Great question. Why we need expansion. Why I hope that the folks who are going to be debating that here over the next week will see the virtues of expansion and why we need it because it has become or at least felt like SEC Invitational plus Clemson plus Ohio State plus Oklahoma, maybe a couple of randoms in there. Um, And I do, I want to say this, I know the committee does not take into account name brand, but here's the but. I feel like if Wake Forest was called Miami. Or a Tiger Paul in their helmet. Okay. Um, things might be a little bit different. Now, Miami, uh, you know, has a, a better non-conference schedule than Wake Forest. And look, Wake Forest is not going to sit here and schedule a non-conference schedule like Clemson does. Wake Forest is completely different when it comes to scheduling than Clemson. Okay. So I'm not sitting here and blaming Wake Forest for having this type of a non-conference schedule. This is the type of non-conference schedule that is beneficial for Wake Forest in every other year. But this year, when they happen to be undefeated, uh, it's going to end up hurting them. Now, the best case scenario for Wake Forest here is for Pitt to run the table, Pitt to make the ACC championship game and be ranked, for Clemson to finish the season ranked or NC State, somebody left on this schedule here needs to finish ranked. Obviously, Wake has to win out. If they're a one-loss ACC team uh, that wins the ACC championship, they're definitely not getting in. But if they are undefeated, that means there is a win against Clemson somewhere in there. Not sure Clemson at 8-4 at and four, uh, would, would make it in as a ranked team, but maybe. Uh, maybe NC State can sneak themselves back in there at some point. Wake needs some help from the rest of the ACC in order to be able to boost up its resume a little bit because the resume as it stands right now, I just don't think it's enough. And it should be enough when you're in a Power Five. But the thing is, every year we heard Clemson getting trashed because they were in the ACC, right? If Clemson didn't have some of those SEC games on their schedule, I don't know if undefeated Clemson makes it in. Those SEC games on their non-conference schedule or Notre Dame um, saved them. Notre Dame saved them last year um, being on that schedule last year. Um, If Wake had Notre Dame on the schedule this year and won that game, I think it would be a completely different story. Then you're talking about a comparable and better resume than what Cincinnati has. But without one of those marquee non-conference games, to me, that's the difference here because the conference strength of schedule is not going to be validated by this committee. It's just not. And it should be because you're right. It is a power five conference. Um, but I think they view it similarly to the Pac-12. Um, and we could sit here and have a debate about whether an undefeated Pac-12 team would make it in. Again, I also think that would depend on what their non-conference strength of schedule is. What's helping Oregon right now? a very big win over Ohio State, or else they wouldn't be in the conversation either with a loss. So, you know, it's it's a very tricky and slippery slope for the committee because Wake isn't a power conference, and there's always been this belief that an undefeated Power 5 team would make it in. There's always been a belief that an undefeated group of five is basically never going to make it in. But for the Power 5, it's been different. And if Wake Forest runs the table and goes undefeated and doesn't finish in the top four, 
you're absolutely right. There are going to be hard questions for this committee to answer. And if I'm Jim Phillips, I'm not sitting back here and not saying anything and being quiet. I am doing every media interview I could possibly do. I'm getting on ESPN. I am rattling some cages because I need to vouch for and promote my undefeated team from my conference. And if they beat Clemson and they beat North Carolina and they beat NC State, and those are all three very, very big giant ifs. Let's say they do. And they're going into the last game of the season at Boston College. Jim Phillips better be on every single television network vouching for Wake Forest. And on this show. That, that's yes. what we need. We and need Jim Phillips show. back on here. Every radio show. Your in, show in first. In the triad. Got, got I got a few questions about Greensboro and headquarters the next time we catch up with Jim Phillips. Uh, Andrea, appreciate you spending the time with us always. Really good stuff there. And follow her on Twitter if you haven't already, at A. Adelson ESPN. Uh, look forward to catching up and seeing you at a game sometime soon. Absolutely. And let me just say, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm really wrong. That's it. And I hope that this can be on cold takes or old takes exposed because I want to be wrong about this. You and I both. Uh, we're both skeptics <laughs> on this front. Thank you so much for the call. All right, Josh. Thanks for having there me. There you again. go. That's Andrea Adelson from ESPN. I, I do want to talk more about this. And we'll even field phone calls because we haven't yet. 336-777-1600. Where do you stand on Wake Forest before the first ranking even comes out? We have a poll question out. We're talking about this today, of course. The ranking's a few hours away from being released, the first one. I think I want to talk about this before the first ranking drops, regarding Wake and the CFP, for all the things that Andrea just mentioned there. So we'll have that conversation and take your calls at 336-777-1600 next on The Drive. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. Proceed slowly and with caution. On WSJS Sports. This is exciting. Justin Sternad joining us now. Wake Forest, all ACC caliber linebacker now with the Denver Broncos. Fresh off a win, I should add, on Sunday. Justin, it's been a while since you and I have caught up, so this is exciting for me. Uh, miss seeing you around here in these parts in the triad. How much have you, Asang Bassey, and Kendall Hinton in that building been sticking your chest out in that Broncos locker room with your 8-0 Deeks. <laughs> yeah, how you guys doing? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, obviously when your college team is rolling like the Deeks are, it's good to have that trash talk in the locker room. We got a lot of ACC guys in the locker room, like Teddy Bridgewater and Javante Williams and stuff, so it's good to chirp at them. And uh, Justin Simmons, we have a good time each and every week chirping with them back and forth. Oh, yeah, Javante Williams. Second-round pick out of Carolina. This week, you guys are facing the Tar Heels, Wake Forest is. Is there going to be a bet attached to this game of some sorts between you guys? Yeah, me and Devontae made a bet yesterday that the, the loser is going to have to wrap the other team's gear for a, a day in the locker room. Oh, that's great. So when Wake Forest wins on Saturday, what are you going to give them? <laughs> I don't know yet. I might go with my uh, one of my old Wake Forest jerseys, or I might just go with like a Wake jumpsuit. Mm, jumpsuits mean the twenty-three. That'd be pretty good. I'm sure Javante would look pretty good at good in that. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Is the same deal on the table for Bradley Chubb when State comes to town next weekend? Yeah. So me, me and Chubb did that last year. So yeah, we'll we'll keep that tradition rolling. Gosh, see, it didn't go well for you last year, but. That's usually a pretty good bet if NC State's heading into Winston-Salem. Here's how I picture it. See, you let me know if I'm off on this. I picture you three, a saying yourself, Kendall, each week on Saturday in the team hotel, wherever you're at, you're just piling together into a room to watch the Demon Deacons. How far off am I on that? <laughs> so we actually have, like, meetings. Uh, on Saturdays usually, but so sometimes we're not able to watch the full game. But for the most part, we'll we'll have like a walkthrough in the morning, and then we're able to sprint back home and turn on the Deeks for for a little while before we head back for like more meetings and stuff on Saturdays. I guess yeah. What's been the coolest part about what you've seen from this Wake team? Uh, it's a historic start. I mean, I said this yesterday. It's 
the last every every body seems to have like historical data points to back something up where you're like, oh well, Wake Forest, you know, they're seven and zero for the first time since 1947 or 1944. Not anymore. Like no teams ever won eight in a row. No teams ever started eight and zero. No teams ever been tenth in the country. So watching from afar, your guys do this, given what you know about Wake and helping build up this program with Coach Clawson and understanding how small of a campus Wake Forest University and Winston-Salem is, what what makes you most proud? Yeah, honestly, what makes me most proud is just seeing some of these younger guys, like guys that were young when I was there, kind of grow and evolve into these big-time players. We always thought, like, guys like uh, Torian Perry and, you know, even Sam was super young when I was there. Like, to see these guys, you know, come out here and become really good players in the ACC is just, been awesome like I mean my roommate was Scotty Washington who was a big time receiver for us for many years and like Torian Perry was somebody that was always behind him and I'm kind of learning from him and then just to see him kind of take off this year and have a great season is really really awesome to see and just honestly the overall like depth that they're playing with you know I think that's something that we didn't have or not didn't have but just kind of didn't implement as much uh, when I was at Wake like they're they're playing a lot of guys so I think it's keeping them healthy and extending their season to obviously get them to the start that they're having. It's Denver Broncos linebacker Justin Sternad with us talking about his deeks. Here's what's crazy to me. You kind of hit on it. You haven't been on the team for two years, but it feels like all of your former teammates are still playing on this team. How often are you talking to some of these guys? Yeah, I still talk to some of them on a on like a week-to-week basis. I'll, I'll shoot them a text every now and again. I still talk to Ryan Smenda. And DJ Taylor a lot just because obviously uh, those guys were linebackers in my room and stuff. But I, I talked to them all. I talked to Jordan Jerry, Coach Clawson from here and there, and then just I try to reach out whenever I can. It's crazy to think that Sam Hartman is a sophomore, but he was your quarterback for two seasons in 2018 and 2019. Just kind of how things worked out with the COVID season and him also getting a medical redshirt. I, I heard guys, I don't know, I don't think it was you, but it, it was some guys on the team in 2018 that told me on the road, Sam's first start at Tulane, they just got a sense that this dude's different from a personality standpoint. Very fiery, doesn't mind you know talking trash a little bit, can be that type of guy. What's the best Sam Hartman story you got for me his first two years on campus, your last two years? Hmm, best Sam Hartman I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have any one particular story. I've had some good times with Sam. Uh, we've, he, his family has a, um, they live out on the water in Charlotte, and um, just been able to spend some time with him and some of our teammates out there, which have always been good times. But for Sam, like I was talking to some, I think maybe a saying or something. I was telling him like he, he's gotta, he's gotta be a huge favorite to break about every record in Wake Forest quarterback <laughs> history with with the amount of years he's going to be playing at Wake. So, I mean, he's still got plenty of eligibility left, so it's crazy to see what he's doing this year. He's having a fantastic year. I think he should be in the the, the Heisman talk as we get closer to the end of the season, and um, it's just awesome to see what he's doing. That's the problem with him sticking around, the idea of him sticking around so long. If, if he's going to be up in the Heisman debate, there are going to be guys like John Elway or whomever looking to try and draft this guy in the league but Wake Forest right now, sitting at 8-0, 10th in the country, getting set for North Carolina this weekend. I just know how big of a sports fan you are, Justin Sternad, so I'll let you steer the ship. What 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 are you talking about with your friends other than Wake Forest football? Is it Are you a guy, now that you're in the NFL, that's just geared in on all things Broncos, or are you watching some of the World Series? Are you talking about other college football things? Oh, yeah, no, I'm... Although I'm like playing in the NFL and obviously I'm in an NFL locker room, I'm still like a sports junkie. So I I still watch everything. I still try. I talk to guy some guys in the locker room about all different types of sports, but not everyone does into sports um, as I am. Especially when you like do it for a living, and it's obviously a pretty taxing, you know what I mean, job mentally and physically. I think a lot of the guys, when they leave the facility, they kind of want nothing to do with sports. Okay, tell me this. I've been in this shoes. Justin, what you're saying is my life sometimes. 
where I'd be hanging out with folks, even in sports talk radio, and they'd tell me, Josh, what, can we not talk about sports? Can we talk about something else? <laughs> Give me the time in the locker room where Justin Sternad is wanting to talk about nothing other than sports, but then one of your teammates is like, Justin, nah. <laughs> I mean, it happens from time to time. I mean, it just depends on the group you're rolling in, rolling into or who you're talking to. But, I mean, sometimes guys just want to talk about life. You know what I mean? It's crazy you're in a locker room with guys that are, like, truly grown men with, like, families and kids and all this different stuff. So there's so many different stories that go out go on in the locker room and it's just funny to hear different guys and their perspective on things i love it man you were always one of our favorites to catch up with as a result on that feel free to text me all of your sports takes i'll I'll, I'll happily listen to those any time of day justin sternad i got you hey good luck uh to your deeks good luck to your broncos as well and uh we'll be in touch thanks for the visit I appreciate it, Josh. You guys have a good one. There you go. Justin Sternad joining us on WSJS.